Hello and welcome to All Things Stress. Today I have Taylor Eaton with me and she is a money mindset and human design expert and her passion is helping people change their relationship with money, helping them feel more empowered to work with money and today we are going to dive into All Things Money Mindset because money is definitely a source of stress for many people, including myself. So um, I have taken multiple courses from Taylor. And so I can speak from experience that she has amazing information to share. So hi, Taylor. Hi, Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk because I don't think I've ever actually done a podcast where we talk specifically about the relationship of money and stress before. And uh, so it's really exciting to get to dive into this because it's something I'm passionate about. Yay. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, yeah, let's just go ahead and lead with that on stress and money. And how did you get to the point of becoming a mind, money mindset coach? So for me, I grew up with a family where there was a lot of stress around money. Just it was it was constant and it was worry and feeling tight on that on you know money and, and being able to pay bills and my family always had just enough, barely. And even mm -hmm. the times when we didn't have just enough, my my parents had a way of making it feel like we had just enough. Um, so they did a, a phenomenal job with the tools they had and with the mindset they had around money and with their circumstances, but it, it subconsciously rubbed up off on me at a young age. And so growing up, becoming a teenager, going to college, I started assuming the same money habits as my parents and the same stress around me, the same worry about money, the same constant feeling like money's hard to get, it's even harder to hold on to, and you have to constantly be worried about it and checking your bank account and trying to make sure you can pay your bills. And uh, it was interesting because I never have in my entire adult life had a single late payment on anything ever my entire adult life and yet there was always the underlying panic that I would miss a payment or but even though there was all this evidence my entire life to say you've never missed yep. payment. you've always yep. had nothing well, I feel that stress right and it's I don't think we're alone in feeling that I think that's how a lot of people relate to money among other ways we relate to money but there's just so much stress around it and it feels very much to us like life or death uh, mm -hmm. And and in very few circumstances, it actually is. And so that was something that I saw play out with my family. I saw the stress it put my parents under. I saw the stress it put me under as an adult. I also saw the way that looking at money like that kept me broke around money and kept me in debt and kept me in a place where I wasn't thriving. And that just compounded on that stress. And so seeing how that played out, I remember it, it hit a a breaking point for me when I had graduated college, high honors, straight A student, did all the things I was supposed to do as a as a as a young person you're told to go to school, get a go to a good school, get good grades, get a good job, and you'll be fine financially. And I did all of that. I even got a job in the industry I wanted to be in and wasn't making enough to get by. Mm -hmm. I just I had to go live back at home with my parents. I I barely had anything extra at all in my bank account. It, I was living paycheck to paycheck. And I was like, I did everything right. I withstood all this stress and pressured myself and stressed about it so that I would always stay on track and always do the quote unquote correct things you were supposed to do to be financially secure. And I wasn't financially secure. And I had tons of student loan debt and I had then credit card debt from trying to you know, put groceries on my credit card and it was it was a mess and i was i remember being in my early 20s in my full-time job looking around and going how how did i get here if i did everything right mm -hmm. and yeah that was kind of the breaking point where i saw how much stress i put myself under and my health was starting to take an impact from i was having migraines i was having no one knew where they were coming from. And it was, at the end of the day, it was because I was so stressed. And I was always so worried about losing my job to money. I'd have even less money. And it was just every, at every turn, there was all this stress. And that was the moment where I said, okay, this can't be the actual only way to look at money. This, this can't be, these aren't the actual rules for success around money. Because if they were, I wouldn't be in this situation because I did everything perfectly. 
I did yeah. everything I was supposed to do. So that was the point where I really started exploring different aspects of money and different modalities. And I came across not necessarily money mindset work, but just mindset work in general and started shifting different thoughts. And then I started thinking, what if this could be applied to money? I started finding some people teaching on that. I started diving into that more. And then that's really how I got into what I do now. And uh, then there was no looking back and it was, you know, I started seeing the results in my financial reality and then started helping other people do the same. And it just is something that it, it still blows my mind how much power away we give to money mm, yeah. and how ingrained that is in us, in our society. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, same. I mean, like doing all the things and then feeling like you have to drive yourself into the ground in order to make enough money to pay off your bills. Definitely. I've been there and mm -hmm. that's not a fun place to be. And then when your money causes all this stress, and then like you said, the stress ends up causing health issues. And then it just becomes this like snowball cycle going round and round and round and round. And like your stress and health is making the money problem worse. And the money problem is making the stress and the health worse. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> It's like yeah. a, you're digging a hole. Like, yep, exactly. So, um, okay, so let's talk about the mindset. Yeah, the money mindset, and yeah. how we think about money in general. I'm just gonna let you take it away because yeah, you're gonna do it so much better than I can even intro it. I feel well, like it, so. It's interesting. We all have such different relationships with money, and it's 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 something that the more you get into this work, the more you realize how universal some of these struggles and mindsets are around money and yet how they will show up in such different ways for different individuals, because we all have different circumstances. We all have different personalities, different traits, different things that will kind of bring different elements of these different mindsets to the surface. But ultimately what, what I see the most in society around money currently the, for the, the majority of people is that we have a lot of conflicting messaging around money. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of people who are, you know, like a lot of, and it comes from everywhere. It's not just from one group of people or one industry or anything like that. It's, it, this comes from your parents. It comes from your teachers. It comes from your peers. It comes from your workplace. It comes from every angle because we all have these kind of collective conflicting beliefs around money or rules around money and so the biggest thing I see is that a lot of people make money very personal we, we attach our sense of worth or yes, identify yes. in some way around money and so we see this in so many different ways and to give you some examples how often you know do people say if you aren't working hard you're lazy right so if you're not working to make a lot of money if you decide you don't want a full-time job and then you don't have enough money it's because you're lazy but then if you're working so much, if you're the person who's at the opposite end of the spectrum, who's working 80 hour weeks and never sees their kids, now you don't have your priorities straight, but you're, yes, what if you're working to yeah. provide for them, right? And so we, that just is one example of these conflicting. So if you're not working hard to make money, you're lazy and therefore a bad person. If you're working way, really hard to make money, then you're, you're not prioritizing the people in your life and you're a bad person, right? So it's like you can't win on either end of that spectrum. Mm -hmm. I know work-life balance is important, but it's also just thinking about that there's no real defined place on that spectrum where you're supposed to fall because that looks different for everybody. And so it's really easy to just get lost in thinking you're either never doing enough or doing way too much or doing both at the same time somehow because this is stuff that's beat into you as a kid. We also have this messaging in our society that, you need to be work, you know, you need to be a straight A student, you need to be committed, you need to be dedicated to make money. And then also saying you need to be creative, you need to think outside the box and have that million dollar year stand out from the crowd of interviewees or, you know, it's just like, again, there's this, okay, you need to be creative, but not too creative if you want to make money, because otherwise you could be starving artists. But, yeah. but if you just do what everyone else is, then you're just going to have a run of the mill job, right? It's, there's so many different ideas and that are really we see presented to us and reinforced unconsciously throughout our entire lives, but including the time when we're little, but the way you see your parents, how they dealt with money creates a lot of your money mindset, right? Whoever was your guardian, whoever brought you up, 
if you see them constantly, for me, my, my family, it was always money's hard to hold on to and it's even harder to make. So then it created this mentality of, and one of my parents, a lot of overspending because they're like, well, the money's going to go, so we might as well just spend it. And then overspending, which then keeps you broke and reinforces the story of money's hard to hold on to because you're actually just overspending. And then my other parent, it was in this extreme scarcity and almost hoarding and being so afraid that, you know, because the money's hard to hold on to and it keeps going out because the other person's spending it, right? It's like, okay, yeah. well, now it's, I have to hold on to every piece of junk we ever have in case we need it or sell it or, you know, it's just, and so it's just these weird conflicting things that still feed from the same story, right? And so... When it comes to money mindset, what I found is that so much of our relationship with money and actual experience with money and how much money we have and how much wealth we can build in our lives is determined by the thoughts we think, the stories we tell ourselves, the beliefs we have around how money works and who we are in relationship to money, what money means about us, mm -hmm. right? Whether yeah, it doesn't make us, right, does it make us lazy? Does it make us overworking? Does it make us... Uh, too creative does it make us not creative enough does it mean the amount of money we have doesn't mean we're a bad person or not enough of a person or we're not really successful or we are successful it's a met it's something that we use as a metric for so many things that shouldn't be used as a metric for yeah and that's i think really the core issue and no one talks about this and so then and of course we have so many we have the majority of the world struggling with money because how could you not struggle when you can't win either way on any topic around money so that's where I think mindset work comes in because when you start to get conscious of all these ideas that are running on autopilot underneath the surface and dictating the way you look at the world and the way you approach budgeting and spending and saving and the way you approach work and what you do for a living and the way you approach all of that stuff, you start to realize that you're missing out on opportunities for money to come to you more easily for money to come in different ways, for money to be able to be easier to hold on to, whatever it is, you're missing out on all those opportunities because you just are not even seeing the world in the way that it competes with those options, right? Like your brain, if, if there's an opportunity for money to come to you super easily, and you are someone who says money does not come to me easily, money's always really hard for people to get, if that's your belief, you will miss most of those opportunities that money can come to you easily because you just aren't even looking for them. Like it doesn't compete with your brain. Your brain won't even see it. It's, it's yeah. like you could be walking on the street and there could be $100 sitting there on the side of the sidewalk. But you're, this is a very literal example, but your yeah. brain doesn't even, you don't even see it because you're not even looking and thinking, oh, money could be anywhere. You're just like, it, you don't, you're not even looking for it, right? It's the best example I've ever heard of mindset is, I believe it came from um, You Are a Badass, I think, Jensen Shero's book, where imagine you and I are sitting in a car and you're in the passenger seat and I'm driving and we're going down a long road with all these cars parked on either side of it. And I say, okay, while we're driving down this road, I want you to count all the red cars you see. Hmm. Then we get to the end of the street and I say, and you, I say, okay, how many blue cars were there? You're not going to know how many blue cars there were. There were probably a bunch of blue cars. You're going to have no idea because you weren't looking for them. You weren't looking for it. But I think I've heard of him. There were. Yeah, I think I've heard a similar example of uh, there's like a video where somebody says look tells you to look for one thing mm -hmm. and then after it they go did you see the gorilla across the screen right yeah because <laughs> like there's a person yeah. it's like maybe a, yeah. maybe it's a basketball game or something and there's this person i think i've seen that a gorilla yeah. suit and they walk and you yeah. don't even notice because you're so focused right. on trying to look for what you were told to look for that you don't even notice right. the gorilla you're, you're focused on the rule you were given, right? It's the rule that yes. you told your brain to operate under. And so that's what's dictating what you're paying attention to and what you'll be able to talk about or do or, or take action on. And mm -hmm. so it's the same thing with money, where if we constantly have these stories of money's really hard to get, there's not enough to go around. I'm not, you know, people who have money are terrible or people who don't have it are lazy. And we have all these stories, then it means that you're only ever going to really see those things that compute with the rules you've been given because that's what you told your brain to look yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. For mm -hmm. sure. Um I totally had something I was gonna say now just completely. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um yeah, so kind of like one of the words that comes to mind when 
you were talking is like the value, how much value, and you kind of touched on that a little bit. We, mm-hmm. the value that we place on money and whether or not we see that as a negative thing or a positive thing and how much money somebody makes, or if you're, um, if you want to make a certain amount of money because you want said lifestyle or you have mm-hmm. like, maybe it's, maybe you want the money cause you want to take care of your family. Maybe you want the money cause you want to travel a lot. Maybe you want the money cause you want a fancy car. But if you are an individual who wants more money, I feel like the general look of society is to kind of look down on that. Mm-hmm. And rather than, thinking, oh, well, that person may also be donating to charity or they, you know, have seven children. And so making a lot of money is how they take care of their family or like whatever it is. But um, just we have this we have all this value that we place on money and then we turn that value on how we look at ourselves, which you kind of already talked on that a little bit. But um, just. The next thing I kind of want to talk about is instead of looking assigning a value to money. I know I've heard you talk before about how money is an energy exchange. Mm -hmm. And so we also like one of the things that um, like when someone's selling a service, like let's say somebody has a yoga studio and they're like, how much should I charge for my classes? Or um, somebody's trying to become a personal trainer and they, if you don't charge very much, then the, the, what people think is, oh, if I charge less, I'll get more bodies in the door. But Mm -hmm. then we also have to think about how, what that person who would be buying the service values the service at. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so I think another side of that whole money mindset is looking at like where you put your values because you know, it's, you hear, and one a great example here people talk about all the time is like, well, you buy a $5 cup of Starbucks coffee every day, but if you put that $5 towards this other thing and just kind of like, and sometimes, I mean, I've done that, like spending money on one thing and then saying, I, I don't have the money to spend on something else. But then if you really look at it, you're like, where am I placing the value and why mm-hmm. is it that I value this object more than I value this other thing that I know I should probably do or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that is a great way to look at it too. And another word that comes to mind there that you can even say is what are my priorities and how yeah, priorities or yep. saving reflecting that. And because your priority does come down to something that you value. Right. And so it does, there's so many different aspects of value when it comes to money, but really, like you said, kind of going back to the idea that being an energy exchange is that, when we think about it, money is a man-made construct. Money right. is not naturally occurring in nature. Right. It is printed. It is given a value. It is, you know, that we all mutually agree upon. It is not something that is in the natural world. Rather, it's used to measure the value of something, the perceived value of something, I should say. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so when we say that money is an energetic exchange or it's a representation of an energy exchange, it's just a way to measure how much the two parties involved are, are valuing whatever goods or services or knowledge that's being traded. That's all that really money is. And people make it to be so much more than that. And like you said, they make it about themselves. They make it about, Oh, am I a bad person for spending this? Or am I a bad person? Cause I don't have enough of this or I have too much or I want more or anything mm-hmm. like that. And it's so important for us to remember that money in and of itself actually has zero bearing on whether we are a good person, whether we are a kind person, whether we Mm -hmm. are a smart person, whether we are even a successful person, because all of those things, goodness, kindness, success, intellect, all those things are subjective. They are all subjective, but they're all the things to us that we identify ourselves as. And we use money as a way to kind of, latch on to these things and to, and, to, and to kind of qualify how smart we think we are, or how successful we think we are. But success to one person could be, I was the first person in my family to go to college. I was the first person to make a six-figure salary, right? Whereas success to another person could be, I'm the first person in my family to have a multi-million dollar net worth, right? It's, it's 
completely subjective you know yeah. it's just that's very it's very different worlds and so it's really absurd of us and unfair to ourselves to use money as any sort of reflection on how much value we carry as a person that's not what money is created to do that's not the point of money but it's the point we've made money right like that's what our society has kind of come down to is money is you know your worth how much value you have how successful you are how well educated you are all of that is is it, it's reflected in money and it's absurd because you can't you can't quantify a person like that and so that's kind of the first thing when we talk about money and self-value and self-worth is that we have to consciously for ourselves divorce our sense of value from how much money we do or do not have or do or do not and that's the first thing mm -hmm. we have to acknowledge personally and say my worth is determined and if you ask someone on the street do you think your worth is determined most people say no but then when you get into it there's so much shame for people who don't have enough and there's so much um you know feeling of it's mine and i don't want to share i don't want to be more heavily taxed or things like that by the people mm -hmm. who have more and there's there's so much emotion wrapped up in it and, and mm -hmm. I, I get it money is necessary to life to the way we live in our society yeah. i won't pretend it's not but the way we look at it doesn't have to be this way but this is the way we're all looking at it and we've attached so much of our value and so much of our emotion and so much of our sense of self to money and that's where it really gets dangerous so then when we talk about how you're spending and your perceived value of things so like you said why am i buying this five dollar cup of coffee every day why why am i doing that instead of saving it or investing it or you know paying off something with it why am i doing that instead it can either come from a healthy place or an unhealthy place and it just depends on your like you said your motivation for purchasing it it's does this drink does it make you feel a little bit better on your way to a job that you hate and it's kind of that ray of sunshine in the morning and it's your picking up and it helps you get out there and it helps you actually yeah. get going then it's like maybe that's worth it so that you can keep showing up to the job that's paying you way more than five dollars a day if, right. you can, if yeah. for your mental health you need to be like okay is it also coming from a place of this makes me feel like a wealthier version of me this makes me feel like i can afford things and i've had some level of success because i can spend five dollars a day i have that to spend and that makes me feel good about myself because maybe there was a time in life where i didn't have that and yes i could save it but this actually helps me remind me of every day how powerful i am how much how far i've come and how far i can still go then great mm. keep buying that five dollar cup of coffee a day right and this is not yeah i'm not a financial advisor so clearly do what you will with your finances but from a mindset perspective that's incredibly valuable. Yeah. Now, however, if you were just showing up and buying that five dollar cup of coffee because you're kind of like, well, I want it's like a keeping up appearances kind of thing. If that's something, and you're, where everyone shows up with a really expensive latte at your job, and you're kind of just trying to keep up, you don't even like the taste of coffee, but you're still buying it, or something like that, or you're just, you know, you're numbing out in a way, or something like that. That's that's stuff to look at and go, okay. There, this isn't lining up with my actual values, right? This isn't lining up with actually where I want to go in life and where I want to go with my finances. This doesn't help me feel like that wealthier version of myself. This doesn't help empower me. Then don't spend the money. Right? That's what I say to myself. Yeah. And so it's it's really looking at how does your spending and saving align with your values and with where you want to go. And it's not just in a linear way of, oh, well, I want to have X amount of money in the bank, so I need to save X amount of money. It's mm -hmm. who do you need to become to be that person? Who, what what different choices do they make? Do they treat themselves every now and then? Do they do these things that remind them that they are in control of their money or that they have come a long way and that they're on the right track? You know, there's there's so many different ways that we aren't looking at that we just again look at money in a very linear way that isn't always the case. And so I could go off on a tangent there, but that's a uh, it's something to just look at to, and to, to remember, too, that not everyone sees money the same way you do. So the perceived value is something like you said, charging a really low rate for a yoga class. You could think it's going to get people in the door. But if people if you're trying to really get diehard people who really want to come back and they want memberships and all that, what kind of experience are you offering them? Are they going to see this as a place mm -hmm. they want to? be a member at and keep coming back because it makes them feel a certain way or is it are they gonna look at that price tag and say i don't know five dollars for a yoga class it's 
that doesn't, that this is probably a really crummy place or a brand new place that doesn't, they don't really know what they're doing or, you know, it's just mm-hmm. that, that psychological value. This doesn't mean you overcharge and sometimes maybe you do a pay what you can donation based class once a week or something like that. But you do also have to realize the effect that money has when we're charging certain rates, right? And this gets more into the business side of money, but really looking at why do people want to buy just beyond the thing you're giving them? What's the experience as well? Because that's right. a big part of that perceived value. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are some ways that we can start looking at our money mindset and start trying to reset that self-talk? Yeah. Um, so I always say that the first things to look at are to get really clear on what are the stories you're currently telling around them. What what is your current money mindset? For it's the best way to do this, I think, is just to sit down with a notebook and just set aside thirty to sixteen minutes. It's not always the most fun practice, but sitting down and just going, what? How do I believe money works? How do I believe it works? How do I? What do I? What are the things I think I have to do to make money? What are the things I tell myself about money? Just day to day, when you look at your bank account, or when you think about buying something, or when you spend it, what are the thoughts that are running through your head? And also looking at what were the behaviors around money I saw my caregivers or the people who brought me up, what what were mm-hmm. they doing? Also asking yourself, what were the things that were told to me about money a lot when I was growing up? Like money doesn't grow on trees, or mm-hmm. you can't have that, we can't afford that if that was something you've heard all the time, or you know, people who have too much money are greedy or anything, mm-hmm. you know, what were the, or people, oh, people who are homeless, don't go, they're lazy. They're not working. You know, like what were the things that you were told around money on repeat? And what did you see people experience around money as you're growing up? And then that's a pretty good indicator of often where your, your kind of baseline money mindset is mm-hmm. as an adult is what happened when you were younger. So those are our most impressionable years. That's when we're soaking everything in and we're like, this is the way the world works. And we take what we see from just our parents or just our friends or just our teachers and go, that's it. That's the rule. Cause our brains are trying to make sense of how's the world work? How's money work? So that's the first place to look is look at where are you, where are you right now with it? What are the things you currently believe about money? And then from there, start, disproving each of these stories and each of these beliefs to yourself. And by disproving, Mm, I mean, find evidence either in your life or just by looking at someone else's like that proves that that's not a hard objective way that money works. So if you say like money has to, for me, it was money has to be hard. You have to, it's hard to get. It's even harder to hold on to. That's when I could look at so many people out there that I don't know that are making money just, in their sleep regularly, right? Like that was something I had to look at other people. I didn't know many people in my personal life who were making money. I was, I was surrounded by a lot of people who were like, it's not easy for me, right? So I had to look further out. I had to look more at people who were had more celebrity or who were in the news and who were just, you know, I also had to just look at auto winners, right? Like that's not a, you know, a, a way you can repeat it or control. Yeah. That was a way you yeah. came easily to someone, yeah. right? And so... I had to look at all of these things and really use my imagination to go, okay, what, what can I look at in the world that disproves that this is the way it always has to be. Mm-hmm. And so I started making, I started making a list of that for every single belief I had. I started making a list of how do I disprove each of these beliefs, even if I haven't experienced it in my life. And then from there, the last step is to kind of start looking at, okay, what do I now want to believe about money? What do I now yeah. want to believe about it? And then believing it is a whole nother thing on its own, but this is the place where you get, right. you know, what do you want? Instead, if you have this belief, you can go, okay, look, I've disproved it. I know it's not true, but it's still that programming is still in me. So I need to replace mm-hmm. it with something that's a little more supportive to the way I want to look at my. So for me, it was money comes to me easily. Money loves to hang around me. I have extra money at all times. Right. It was just these simple things. I was like, this is what I want my life to look like. This is what I want to believe is true for me about money. And so what I started doing then is once I had my beliefs listed of what I now wanted to believe, my new beliefs, I didn't fully believe them yet. So I had then it's your job to then go out and find evidence every day that supports these new beliefs in your life. Mm, So for me, when I said money comes to me easily, if I found a penny on the street, I wrote that down. I was like, oh, money just came to me easily. 
right? That's awesome. Oh, you know, if someone said, oh, I here I have a $5 gift card for you. I Money came to me easily. Oh, I saved $2 at the store because there was a sale. Money came to me easily because that was money I didn't spend that I was going to spend, right? So it's like there's there were all these ways I had to get creative and I had to start looking for this evidence. And then over time, that helped me start to look for other opportunities where money could come to me easily. And this means also in business, when I started my business and started working, it wasn't, business isn't easy. It was it's challenging and I grew, but I always started structuring my business in ways that people could easily pay me. And so this is why I now have a really mm. successful multiple six-figure business set up in a way that we don't see most people in the coaching industry having it set up, where for me, it's very passive. I have five-figure multiple five-figure months coming in every month passively because I set up my offers. It wasn't always this way. I kind of started out the traditional way, but then right, I started going, right. this doesn't feel easy. And this doesn't compute with that belief I have that money comes to me easily. So I'm actually going to start looking for ways that I can create offers and do things in a way that money can come to me easily. People can buy when I'm sleeping. I don't need to be involved because it's all automated, right? It's That yeah. was way. And so I started creating something that looked very different from what other people were doing because I ha I already had the belief money comes to me easily. And this is just one of many that I had to create, but it took me time to transition from going, money is so hard for me to make to money comes to me easily. But it was, it was getting aware that I had that old belief, just proving that that's the way it always had to be, that that wasn't fact. And then deciding how I wanted my, my relationship with my be, and then looking for opportunities to reinforce that to myself and to see that. And that was the hardest part because if you've never done that before, if you've never looked at money like a certain way before, you don't know how to do that necessarily. Yes, yeah, So absolutely. you just have to start small and start building up that that evidence and trust for yourself. And then eventually that programming takes the old programming's place. And that's the reality you have with money because you eased yourself into it and looked for opportunities for that to be true. And then you make that true. Yeah, that's awesome. Um. So thank you so much for that yeah. three-step process. I think that's fantastic because you you can't change a story if you haven't defined what the story is in the first place. And mm -hmm. so that is a fantastic exercise just to start getting, like, as we notice throughout the day, when something comes up about money, like, what is our first thought? What is our first reaction? Mm -hmm. How do we feel when that thought comes up? And taking note of all of that so then we can try to start writing a new narrative to change all of that to bring us into a less stressful place about money um so thanks for that that's fantastic yeah um yeah and that works by the way with things that aren't money as well i just yeah. i just put it oh, in yeah. context of money but if you want to use that i tell people i'm like when i teach around money it's you do that with anything in your life i'm just connecting the dots between mindset and money for you but that's a particularly sticky place, but I've seen people do this with relationships and with mm, even health yeah. and with certainly because, you know, and I know, you know, this world very well as the health world and the, you know, physical wellness world. And that's something too, where I see that belief of, you know, I am healthy instead of the belief of I'm unhealthy, I'm unwell. And then people start saying I am healthy and looking for that evidence. And then in doing that, they often tend to find ways to make themselves healthier because they're like, well, I'm seeing more of it and I want that to be true. So, okay, I'll start eating a little better. I am healthy. I am a healthy person. I'm eating better. Mm, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm healthy. I'm doing an exercise every day. You know, like it's just, we start to see different shifts uh, in different situations. And so it's, it's interesting how much really the power of the mind has on our perception of self, which is really then what creates our experience of our lives. So. I yeah. Really I mean, cool. the age old saying thoughts in mind attract after their kind. And it is mm -hmm. so true. It's so mm -hmm. true. Um, we really do create a lot of, we create a lot of the experiences that we have over and over because that's what our mindset does over and over and over. And so when you have a certain type of experience, whether it be money stress or maybe it's health stress or whatever it is that in order to change those things, we really do have to look into our mindset so um, mindset is incredibly powerful and can be used to help or to harm yeah. <laughs> or hinder. So yeah, yeah it can, uh, it can be a, it can be a block or a help either way yep. in whatever journey it is that we're working on. Um, so as we start to finish up, I would love if you would just give us a little brief introduction into 
human design and how Mm -hmm. you use that to help people with their money mindset because that's a big part of what you do and even though that's not the like main topic of this um episode i'd like to because it is a lot about energy and our energies and how energy moves through us and all of that and so money kind of going back to money is again kind of a form of energy exchange in a way um so yeah just kind of a brief so i i there's probably nobody who's going to listen to this who actually knows anything about human design so we're gonna very simply just make it very simple so human designs this is something i started doing i was doing money mindset work for a while before I started then incorporating human design but so they're things that can stand completely on their own and I think in some cases they should but what I think is interesting is human design is a spiritual modality I I call it a tool for introspection and self-reflection that's really what it is almost like any personality test or like astrology human design is I think it's a very powerful tool for self-empowerment and for mm-hmm. getting to know yourself better and for honoring your uniqueness and then playing to that uniqueness, playing to those strengths you have. And so at its core, human design is, like I said, a, a modality that's based on a bunch of different other modalities. So it's a kind of amalgamation of uh, Western astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the chakra system and Kabbalah. And so it's this whole complex system that's based on your time of birth and the concept with it is that at your time of birth similar to astrology your the moment of your birth the time you were born dictates your human design and so human design has tons of different components but ultimately human design tells us based on the time you were born that dictates your human design creates your human design chart which if you pull up your human design chart which you can find for free online in a lot of places it's completely unintuitive but it basically the chart tells us you look at it and you're like, what am I looking at? What is <laughs> like I don't know what this is. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta know. It's very complex. But it tells us how you're best designed to exchange energy with the world around you, really is what it comes down to. What your strengths are, the way you're meant to relate to other people, the may the way that you're best meant to communicate, the way that you're best meant to learn, um, all that sort of stuff. There's so much that it can tell us. And so when it comes to money, what I love to do is it was something that Again, it was kind of like how I told you I got into mindset work. And then I was like, does this really, can we relate this to money? Because that's been the biggest stressor in my life. How, I want to alleviate that. Can I use this tool that I'm using for other parts of my life to help this biggest issue in my life? So then when I got into human design, I really didn't see anyone else doing human design and money. And I didn't see anyone connecting the dots between human design and how you could use it to shift your financial reality and shift your relationship with money. And because that's what I was doing was helping people shift their relationship with money. I was like, well, then why, how do I use this modality to do it? And so I didn't see anyone else doing it. So I studied in depth human design and I became a reader and I became an analyst. I put a lot of time and energy into really understanding it. So then I could start connecting the dots between this really robust system for introspection and how we can use it to shift our money mindset even more powerfully. And so what I do is now is I look at people's human design charts programs that help people do this for themselves where you look at your your human design and you learn okay what does it mean that i'm a projector or a manifesting generator or these different labels we have in the human design world what does that mean and how does that mean i relate to money because there's certain people who the way you're going to relate to money is going to be very much about you're going to see money come to you when you when you're just sharing your wisdom and when you're mm-hmm. guiding people and when you're teaching that's a lot of what i do i'm a projector there's going to be other people who see a lot of money come to them when they are doing what excites them because when they do that it excites other people and then they can bring people in on the project and that's blood generators and manifesting generators and so there's mm-hmm. that's different <laughs> ways yeah and so and what i love though is that the way i interpret human design for money is it doesn't put us in a box right because when i say i'm I get paid when I'm sharing my wisdom and guiding. I could do that in a corporate job. I could do it as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I could do it as a literal teacher. There's no limit to it. It's just helping you really the whole point that I think human design serves in any spiritual tool, any introspective tool, anything like that. All it should ever serve is just affirming to you what feels good to you and helping you trust that and then helping you leverage that in a way that works for you in a way that gets you the results you want. So in this case, it helps you make more money the way you want to. So for me, it's just a huge permission slip to be you and to value yourself as you are and then to leverage who you are 
to your fullest potential. That's really how I see it. So that's what I love about human design. That's where I think the real power of it comes into with money is that it, again, helps us kind of what we were talking about earlier in this podcast, helps us detach money as something that means anything about us. Because looking at your human design, you can go, oh my God, look at all these amazing things that make me me. Look at these amazing traits and strengths I have. Mm -hmm. And look at what I bring to the world and to the table. And when you identify those things, it's so much easier to leverage those and get paid for those strengths you have, right? And so, but then it makes it makes it that the money isn't about you. It's about how much am I loving myself, right? That's mm. really what human design comes down to. How much am I trusting I myself? How, am I, how much am I valuing myself? And then from that place, money gets to be easier regardless. Because when you show up, when you think about the kind of person you want to hire, the person you want to pay, the person you want to work with, you want someone who loves themselves, who is confident in their abilities, who knows what they bring to the table. and so even if you don't know human design, but someone is embodying their design in there, like, I love myself. This is what I bring to the table. This is, these are my strengths. This is what I'm good at. You're like, you're hired. Like, all right, cool. But if you have someone who's like, I don't know, I'm a good worker. You put those two <laughs> people next to each other. Like, who are you going to hire? Right. So it's, this isn't how yeah. I make my human design, but it's just an example of how it kind of, it just is such an empowering tool when you use it as such that not only understanding on a more energetic or spiritual level how your energy works with money but also just understanding in the real world what it takes to actually create wealth in your life we often think it's you have to be brilliant you have to be hardworking, you have to be lucky it's really not any of those things it's you have to value yourself and you have to understand what you bring to the table and then you have to understand how to leverage that that's really how successful people get successful whether they're conscious of that's what they're doing or not Mm -hmm. is understand your value and and add tax right like people say it's like that's what it is it's like bring your value to the table and understand the value you have the strengths you have and how that's valuable to other people because they yeah so that's your contribution own it understand fully how valuable it is and then get paid for it in whatever context you want to be paid for it in what in whatever industry and so that's that's what I think is the coolest thing about human design is really just the, the empowerment aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. I speaking of empowerment, like finding out that I'm a manifesting generator and really understanding what that means. And I did kind of, I, I um, talked about this a little bit in my like introductory episode, but I have always been a person that has a little bit of a shiny object syndrome. Mm-hmm. And especially like with my business, my health coaching business, I'm like, okay, well, I'm a health coach, but like, what do I want to do with that? Who do I want to serve with that? And a lot of people are like, oh, you really need to niche down. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to niche down. I can't like, cause I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. And when I watched your, I, the first course that I purchased from you was the manifesting generator course like a, it was like a short um yes yeah, huh? manifesting generator like business strategy course, yes right yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah man I like I listened to that and I was like light bulb <laughs> I was like oh okay like I'm actually designed to have shiny object syndrome it's and that's okay things. It's a, it's a strength because it's, it's interesting also how I love when you have, because there's people out there who interpret as I'm very dogmatically and it's very limiting, right? Like, like you said earlier with mindset, it can either help you or hinder you. And so I, yeah. I never think it should ever put you in a box. I think that's not the way I would encourage using it. And so it's interesting because a lot of people in our society were taught that, like you said, shiny objects syndrome, being multi-passionate, having a bunch of different interests is almost a bad thing because it makes you mm-hmm. flaky or inconsistent or blah, blah. Oftentimes those people are manifesting generators, not always, but that's a lot of the time who these people are is I have a lot of clients come to me who are manifesting generators who are like, I want to be successful. I want to have a lot of money. I want to have this wealth to do this with, or I want to build this business. And But I can't focus. I can't niche down. Like you said, it's exactly what you said. And I'm like, I always tell MGD's manifesting generators, I say, you do not need to niche down. One of your strengths, one of the gifts, one of the things you bring to the table is your ability to dive into multiple topics. And you get so much more wisdom than someone like me, who I like to dive into like one or two things at a time. And that's what I do for a few years at a time. And then I master it and I teach that. And then I share that wisdom and I move on to the next thing. And that's what I do as a projector. It's a very different style of bringing a different kind of wisdom to the world. But for you, you're able to look at all these different interests you have and all these things that you're excited to dive into and that you actually look at. And you 
see the through lines, you see the connections, you see the ways they work together, that makes you great innovators. It makes you able to create new modalities, create new systems for things that no one else can see before because you're pulling from totally unrelated industries or areas. And yeah. that's amazing. That's where innovation comes from. I'm not saying MDs are the only people who can innovate, but it's just, it's one of the superpowers you have. And I think that's the beautiful thing about human design is when you look at it like that, you can see everything as a strength. And that's what's really powerful. So then for you, it's like, then think about, I'm sure, I know you, we kind of talked about this previously, but you, you talked about how the fact that you're like, I'm not going to niche down. Now look at you getting to do this podcast on all these different things that, yes, there's this through line of stress, right? Of all things stress. Like you get to look at this through line, like there are so many things in our lives that cause the stress, but most people aren't talking about the range of them. But because right. you have all this interest in so many different areas, you can see that through line and you can go, hold on, there's so many things that more than just your health or more than just your money or more than just, and you right. can then create this area where we get to actually have a whole holistic approach to dealing with stress. And that's how valuable is that in today's world, right? Where so many people, record numbers of people are stressed. So it's, it's all just your perspective, right? Of how you look right. at yourself. And Absolutely. I think that's the beautiful thing that human design, if you look at it through the right lens, it invites us to own the biggest parts of ourselves instead of fighting against them and rather than mm -hmm. making us wrong for who we are making us right for who we are and from that place feeling empowered to then go bring who you are to the table and get compensated for it make an impact with it feel fulfilled by it right like it's just I think that's the piece that almost everyone is missing whether it comes to money or quality of life or whatever you want to talk about it's just valuing and trusting yourself at the end of the day that's always the core of what I teach whether it's through human design or mindset work or anything else it's always how do you learn how to trust and value who you are at a deeper level and that's really the I think the key to almost everything in life oh absolutely 100 mm percent -hmm. yeah and so when I've been having conversations with people about coming on this podcast especially with health coaches and, you know, I'll be like, oh, let's talk about stress and fertility or stress and cycle health or stress in the skin or stress and in insert health issue. Mm -hmm. They always seem to immediately go to emotional stress. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's one form of stress. <laughs> There's so many forms of stress. You could talk, also, about, like, are... literally, you could talk about anything you want, like anything you want. Yeah. And like, also, what are the, what are all the different things that cause emotional stress, right? Like that's, right. that comes from a million different places too. Yeah. So it's like, and that's just one piece of the puzzle. So yeah. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. how we, we kind of always think there's only one type of stress, only one type of way of looking at things. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, um, awesome. Well, thank you so much You're for so coming on here to talk with us about money mindset. Um, it's been fantastic. So before we sign off, we have to make sure that people know how to find you. <laughs> um, before you say your list of, you know, Instagram mm -hmm. or whatever, um, I will say that Taylor has multiple free programs on her website and I have taken all of them because that's how I started. Um, and also a lot, there's a lot of human design in all of the programs and I knew nothing about human design before I started, but Taylor, you are fantastic at, at explaining. And by the time I get through a course with you, like I did your human design for business course. By the time I got through the end of it, I was like, oh, I have such a great understanding of like the basics of human design. So, um, if you're interested in doing some money mindset, human design combo, like you don't have to know anything about human design to take any of her stuff. So just want to throw that out there, but with yes. now you can, where do we find awesome. you Taylor? So you can find me at taylorcoaching.com. That's my website. You can go there and check out. There's a whole freebies page. So like you said, all the free programs there. Um, for those of you interested in human design and money, I have a free program called unfuck your finances. It is self-paced. You can just get instant access to it for free. It's so incredibly powerful. And that's a really good place to start with human design and money, especially if you know nothing about human design, even if you do, it's just, it's, there's nothing else like it out there. And so that's something I'd recommend taking a look at. You can also find me on Instagram at Taylor Eaton Coaching or on YouTube, which is where I'm starting to put out more and more really valuable content around not just human design, but also just building a wealthy lifestyle for those people who are entrepreneurs, building a wealthy business. And when I say wealthy, I mean not just money, but also the quality of it, 
making sure you're not burning out in the pursuit of money or wealth or success. So um, that's something that I'm just really excited to be working on for that that area is really growing the YouTube with a lot of really valuable content there. So you can find me, um, my handle there is at Taylor-Eaton. So you can find me there on YouTube. But that's uh, those are the main places to find me right now. I honestly recommend starting though if you want to talk about money about um, on Fuck Your Finances. Just it's it's the one program that my team kept saying you cannot keep putting this out for free because it's way too valuable. And I was like, this is what people need. I have so much more that I charge for around human design and money, but this alone has helped so many people, and I'm so proud of it. And I'd highly recommend that. that That's so program. awesome. Yep. Um, and you had told me also you're doing some meditations on um, the different energy types. So in human design, there's yeah. five energy types. And so you're doing some meditations. Are those money mindset meditations? Mm -hmm. or yeah, just, they're money okay. the other 10-minute money meditation for each of the five energy types in human design. So you can always, if you don't know your human design, you can just search on, on the internet, just search for free human design chart. And then there's a bunch of different options and sites you can pull up your free chart on. Your chart, when you look at it, will make zero sense to you. That is fine. It is not intuitive. Just look at the written, almost every place you pull up your chart will have some written text next to it. And you just want to see what your energy type is. Um, and like you said, there's five energy types. You'll only be one of them. And then you can go over to my YouTube channel. And we're currently releasing a money meditation for each of the five energy types. So it's totally free, 10-minute meditation um, to just kind of help you get in touch with, with your flow as your energy type with money. So, yeah. Awesome. Yay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so very much for agreeing to come on and talk about stress and money mindset with me. Yes, um, you're so welcome. And uh, for now, we'll say bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of All Things Stress. Please like and subscribe and share with all of your friends, anyone who you feel may benefit from the information here. And as always, if you have questions or comments or maybe you have an episode topic that you would like me to talk about, please feel free to reach out and let me know.